Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket podcast, where we chat with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders. I really want to thank you for tuning in, and I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews, where you could leave a rating and review for today's show or the show in general. If you're enjoying it, if you have some feedback for us, we love hearing back from our listeners. So without further ado, I want to introduce our outstanding guest today. Her name is Linda Molner. She's a scientist, entrepreneur, strategic advisor, and thought leader. She's a founder and chair of the inaugural Technology for Precision Health Summit, which is coming up here very soon. She is also the executive consultant, executive in residence at LKM Strategic Consulting. And she's been the CEO and co-founder of of a company called uh, Sympatica Medicine, where they focus on, on... really just helping clinicians match the right immune therapy to the right patient. And uh, she's done a lot in healthcare, uh, but she's definitely a scientist at heart, enjoys people and loves making, uh, just helping improve outcomes in a big way. So I just want to help introduce Linda to the podcast and have her fill in any of the gaps in that intro that I may have missed. Linda, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. And so I'm just curious, Linda, what what got you into healthcare to begin with? A lot of my motivation to get into healthcare uh, was quite personal. Um, I was a kid that loved math and science. Um, I had a mom who was a pharmacist. Uh, She suffered from severe rheumatoid arthritis. And that had quite an impact on me as a child. Uh, But even as a child, I saw a lot of the challenges in our healthcare system. And uh, even though I love math and science and people said to go into medicine, I really wasn't that crazy about it. So my original formal training is in the physical scientists, which I love, and the molecular science, which has really served me well as I've transitioned into molecular medicine. And um, I think after the sequencing of the human genome, Uh, That was when I made this real shift in my career from Mm -hmm. the physical sciences and applying them to both biology and medicine. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, Thanks for sharing that story. And it it sounds like your journey has been very, very uh, interesting. And and it had a kind of a turn when they sequenced the genome. And and that had a big impact overall on this topic of precision medicine, which we're going to dive into today. What do you think, Linda, a hot topic? that should be on every medical leader's agenda today. What is that hot topic and how are you thinking about it? How are you shaping it today? I think we need more leaders in medicine and healthcare. Uh, we need more people like Dr. Laura Esserman at UCSF who are willing to stand up and say, you know, this is what we were doing because that was information that we had at the time. Now we have new information, new technologies, new innovations that we can apply to biology and medicine, and that's what we need to do for patients. We need more, and we need more education. We need changes to the educational system, both in our medical schools, which is happening, and also, I think, in PhD programs. You know, we teach too many 
brilliant scientists and incentivize them to be narrow and deep in their knowledge instead of thinking with some more breath. Hmm. No, that's a very interesting point. And, um, and as, as you know, we think through these, these ideas of, okay, you know, leaders step up to the plate and be able to deliver, uh, you know, leadership in this, in this realm where there seems to be a lot of information. There seems to be, um, you know, some lack of focus, I think. And, uh, and so what would you recommend to the listeners, Linda, as a way to, to, to reel it in, provide leadership and, and more focus? You know, I think there's an enormous amount of information out there right now. And I don't know anybody that doesn't admit that they are struggling to keep up with all of it. Yes. And it's really impossible for any one individual to be an expert anymore. And I think the best thing that you know, young professionals can do for themselves today is to build their network of people who have strengths other than their own and really focus on the ability to work with and collaborate with them and be willing to be uncomfortable, be willing to be the biologist who goes and works with a bunch of data scientists for a while to mm. get that side of it and vice versa. I think that's such a great point, you know, to, to get out of the healthcare box and, and, and even, you know, like, like Linda mentioned, you know, go, if you're a biologist, go, go work with the data scientists. If, and I would even say, go beyond that, right, Linda, like go into uh, the automobile industry and learn something mm -hmm. from there and bring it back. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In fact, a lot of great analytics work coming now from the financial sector into healthcare. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's such a great idea. And, and, you know, Linda, you, you've done a really interesting job of, of, you know, bringing in some of the, you know, you, you were at a banking uh, company at one point, right? Yes. And so then you, you, you flipped that into Sympatica medicine. Maybe you mm -hmm. could talk to us a little bit about how you guys were improving outcomes at Sympatica. So Sympatica Medicine came about, there was actually a company that I worked on prior to that uh, that I called Kirla, and that was looking at germline DNA to be able to try and predict um, the utility of medicines for specific individuals. Um, this was in oncology. And then really the next advent that came in technology development was the deep sequencing technologies that developed in the next few years and um, work done by Illumina, and in particular, looking at RNA instead of DNA. Mm -hmm. So I was fascinated by that, and I felt that there was a real opportunity to be able to assess an individual's immune system in order to select therapies for them and also monitor those therapies over time. Yeah, that's that's intriguing. And and so, how did you guys? Was it mainly a research, or were you guys applying this to to uh, to patients clinically? Absolutely, the um, intention is to apply to patients. So the way I've worked uh, independently as a consultant and advisor to companies and starting my own companies is to work from areas of unmet medical need. So to decide what the need is in the field, and then through my network, go and you know, build the team around that. Look for those innovative technologies that are being developed in universities. And I like to leverage both my technical and business background. So I really like working with nascent startup companies 
and finding the real value in the innovation and how that can be applied commercially. Very cool. And, and so listeners, as we, as we dive into this, this, uh, this topic of, of precision medicine, I do want to remind you that, that uh, Linda is kicking off this meeting, the Technology for Precision Health Summit. It's going to be right around the corner, December 12th in San Francisco. It's presented by Health 2.0. You guys know the folks over there. Um, and, and so um, Linda has a and an offer here uh, for a discount. If you go to the website to sign up, um, you can type in coupon code T is in Tom, P is in Peter, L is in Larry, M is in Mary, 25. So TPLM. And, uh, and you'll be able to get 25% off. And so what, what's the website that they should go to, Linda, for this meeting? It's uh, TPH2017 dot health to con dot com. Fantastic. So listeners, don't worry about writing that down. If you just go to the show notes, go to outcomesrocket.com slash Molnar. That's uh, Linda's last name, Molnar. Uh, you're going to be able to find the links to that uh, uh, precision medicine meeting, which is going to be phenomenal. And then you'll also find the coupon code, which will get you 25% off. So thank you so much for offering that to our listeners, Linda. Absolutely. Uh, and so, you know, give us a little bit uh, history. We had a chance to connect before our show, and you gave me the 101 on on education and precision medicine. Maybe that was fun. And maybe what you could do is highlight the the history of precision medicine for our listeners and, and kind of fast forward them up until today. Sure. I think um, the technology advancements that we've seen, you know, in the last... 15 to 20 years have just really changed the landscape in medicine. And the next five years, I think even for those of us in the field are almost unimaginable. There is such a confluence of technologies, you know, the science that's developed in medicine um, and biology all the way, you know, to things like the smartphone and iPad that have come into play, helping to personalize treatments. Um, you know, the field really started being defined as, as personalized medicine and personalized health. And it was when the big data came into play that people started to use the terminology precision medicine and, and precision health. And I differentiate the two. And this is one of the main reasons that I wanted to have a one-day live summit discussing this topic. You know, precision medicine is using an individual's genetics and other information to find the right drug for that patient and to treat them precisely. Um, precision health is actually the science that's coming now, the future, the ability to predict and prevent disease. So to take a healthy person and you know, detect disease that's coming, some pre-disease state on the molecular level while there's still time to avoid disease, if not entirely, at least lessen the severity of disease. And I think that's really, I mean, who, who wants to wait until they feel sick and go to the doctor and find out that they have cancer or some other disease? Mm -hmm. Let's focus on maintaining health. And so I do think words are important. Yeah, you know that's that's such a such a great uh, walkthrough. I wanted Linda to share that because it was it's just really neat to think about how the the field has progressed and and how it's evolved into what it is today. And you know why shouldn't there be uh, an opportunity when you go do your yearly checkup 
to, to not only take your, you know, your blood samples for, for your cholesterol and your blood pressure and everything else that they that test for, why not do an examination on some other things that could be predictive and help you, you know, apply, you know, preventative medicine. I think the, the future is there. And, and like Linda said, it's really exciting the way that it's moving and the speed at which it's moving at this point. Linda, what would you say uh, a time, you know, you've been through the, you've been through the beginning of this and now you're, you're, you're in the thick of, of just the advancements now. What would you say uh, a time where you had a setback or maybe the industry had a setback and what, what was learned from that? You know, I think um, technology often develops more quickly than people are ready to deal with it themselves. Totally agree. You know, socially, um, you know, this happens in many fields, you know, particularly where, you know, policy is really lagging, mm-hmm. you know, all of these advancements in technology. You know, we have a very outdated healthcare system where folks are, quite frankly, they're improperly incentivized. They're incentivized to keep you sick, not to mm-hmm. maintain your health. And so I think that's been really one of the main issues. And we really need to focus more on bringing people together to have these discussions and bring about change in the field. I think that's a great call out. And maybe getting somebody in the, in the room when they're discussing the yearly uh, you know, incentives for, you know, the CPT, uh, you know, changes, having somebody in there that's talking about the new things. I think that w- that's a really good idea, you know, just to have a, somebody from blockchain, somebody from precision medicine in the room to stir the pot. I think that would be really interesting, wouldn't it? Well, well we do. We have some uh, amazing folks in the lineup for our agenda. And I've also had a number of people reach out to me in response to the agenda they are very excited to be active audience participants. Ah, so so awesome. um, some of them, you know, policy makers, policy influencers. Love um, it. The investment and business model panel is quite unique. I have two policy influencers on that panel alongside two investors. And I also always like to include a CEO because we need to get Ooh. their perspective, someone who's recently raised money in the field. And um, so I am just really super excited. Our panels, the flow of the day starts with precision medicine. We need to focus on the patient. You know, we're never going to have a world without disease. We cannot forget those who have disease. So we need to talk that through. We need to understand all those technologies and how they're leading to precision health. And so I have panels where I have folks from both sides. We had a great prep call for one of the panels folks I brought together that never spoke to each other and they're excited to be able to work together. That is so awesome, Linda. And, and you know, so the big, big reason why we started Outcomes Rocket is because we believe that it is possible to break down the silos of communication between healthcare leaders doing amazing things. And what you're doing with this meeting is so in line with our, with our mission and our purpose. It just, it just gives me goosebumps and it makes me excited uh, that you're doing this. So <laughs> congratulations on getting all these awesome people under one roof. Well, absolutely. And I'm really appreciative to, you know, Health 2.0. Um, who agreed to, you know, produce uh, the conference, I certainly couldn't do it without their help. 
You know, uh, totally agree. Those, uh, you know, Matthew Holt and um, and the folks over there uh, are, are just, you know, into they're they're just outstanding. Uh, had a chance to be out at that meeting, and they were very supportive of Outcomes Rocket as well. Uh, so uh, I give you guys a big thanks uh, uh, at Health 2.0 as well. You guys are supportive of all of those who who have a vision in healthcare, and so big thank you goes out to you all, um, Linda. Let's let's talk about a little bit. Uh, I know this 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 conference is exciting, um, but but why don't you share a one of your proudest leadership moments to date that you've had in your in your career? I think for me, um, <laughs> one of the interesting challenges, you know, I was offered an opportunity to work at the National Cancer Institute in what were really the early days of precision medicine. There was a program the Cancer Nanotechnology Program that I was brought in to help launch. And to me, it was this fabulous experience to leverage my background, my physical science background and knowledge of nanotechnology, and then just be on the NIH main campus. And I could go to tumor boards. I could go to lectures. I was just a sponge for all this clinical information talking to clinicians, really understanding what were some of the challenges they were facing and how we can move these things forward. And, you know, I, I took a risk. I was living out in the Bay Area and then it's, you know, moved to Washington, D.C. I, I define myself as being an entrepreneur. In this yeah. You know, so this, you know, was, uh, I felt at the time, you know, a bit of a, a risk to take, but uh, couldn't have turned out better. You wow. want to put innovative things into people, you need to spend some time in that environment. And so I would really like to see more people um, sit in other seats of the people in. So you really understand, I mean, not just go and visit the FDA or go and talk to data scientists, but go and work with them side by side to really try to understand what they're facing. And to me, it was really eye-opening. And I have a huge respect for people in government who do take risks and try to bring forth innovation. Linda, I think that's such a great call out. And you know what, um, <clears throat> kudos to you for doing that. You know, you're, you're in, in the Silicon Valley, you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking this is my track. And you go to DC and you totally stretch yourself. You, you get yourself out of your comfort zone. And now you have this appreciation that you didn't have before that's gonna, that, that's, that has made you an even better entrepreneur. So listeners, take this note from Linda and <clears throat> go beyond what you're comfortable with. You know, I definitely am taking a note for myself. You know, what is it that I can do to become more to stretch myself beyond my comfort zone so that I could also be a better whatever I am, you know, just fill in that blank for yourself. Um, and for me, it'd be a contributor to, to healthcare. And so <clears throat> what is it for you? Uh, Linda, great, great uh, message there. So let's pretend you and I are building a medical leadership course on what it takes to be successful in medicine today. It is the 101 or the ABCs of Linda Molnar. And so we're going to dive through four lightning round questions, followed by a book that you recommend to the listeners on this syllabus. You ready? Absolutely. All right. So what's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? You know, honestly, right now I'm going to 
go back to something I mentioned earlier. We, we really, in order for all this innovative science and technology to get to the patient, we really need to think about the policies that we have in place and we need to incentivize uh, folks to keep people well. I think that's a great one. Uh, what, what's the biggest mistake that should be avoid, avoided? You know, to, to not be able to work with others, you know, to understand what you know and what you don't know and um, be able to work collaboratively with others to get the job done. I think too many people think about, you know, that they worry about, you know, working from first principles and trying to look at things differently. And you need to do that, but you need to balance that with the knowledge that's already out there and be able to work with others. Great point. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? That gets back to you know building your network of thought leaders. I try to be very careful about you know, my LinkedIn and my Twitter accounts, my Facebook, the information that I'm accessing on a daily basis that I call that so that um, people in my network are bringing me valuable information because otherwise it's very hard to stay on top of everything that's coming at you and as things change. So you have to look, you know, to those folks. And I just, I think I have a great group of folks now that I can look to for what they're reading and different articles and the posts that they make. And, you know, I spend a half hour doing that every morning. I think that's great, Linda. And, you know, listeners, there's like to Linda's point, there's, there's so much information out there. You got to identify those information curators that, that are aligned in your values and your, and, and in your, and your focus and that are believable, right? They have believability as well. And, and that alignment of these curators will help you filter what, what matters most while you get, keep, keep all the noise out. So Linda, I love this. I also do this very actively and, and it's, it's an amazing thing to do to keep yourself abreast of things in the very little time that we have in, a, in our schedule. Yes. So what, what would you say, Linda, is the one area of focus that should drive everything else in the, in the organization? It's the people. You need, you need great people to work with. And I would much rather work with someone who doesn't necessarily have the background or experience. In fact, I may even prefer that. You really have to find the people that you are aligned with um, and uh, make sure that you're all on the same page and you have the same mission. Because none of this work in healthcare is easy. Entrepreneurial work carries a lot of risk and uh, you just you need to have good people at your side. Awesome. And, and finally, Linda, what book would you recommend to our listeners? Well, uh, it's hard to pick just one book. I've read a lot of books. Um, person that I really admire in this field is Eric Topol. And so anything written by him, uh, some of his recent books, The Patient Will See You Now, and The Creative uh, Destruction of Medicine are two that come to mind. And if you should have the opportunity to hear him speak in person. I highly suggest it. Love it. There you go, listeners. So again, if, don't worry about writing any of this down. Just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Molnar. That's M-O-L-N-A-R. And you'll be able to find the syllabus we just created for you, as well as links to Eric Topol's books, links to the conference that Linda has shared with you with your 25% discount. Everything is there. So before we conclude, Linda, I'd love for you to just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could reach out or follow you. 
Sure. Um, I just think that, you know, I have nothing but optimism for the changes that are happening in healthcare. I think technology is going to be a huge driver as we see more and more the value that precision health brings to the overall healthcare system, policy changes will follow. And uh, I think the next five years is just gonna be simply amazing. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, I'm on Twitter, at Linda K. Molnar, and uh, I look forward to hearing from folks. Outstanding. Linda, once again, thank you so much for, for spending time with us to, to talk about precision health, precision medicine, and uh, really excited to hear how the, how the meeting goes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 